0: Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Well, I'm a big documentary fan. Any documentary fans? Anybody like good documentary? Okay, yeah. What kind kind of documentaries y'all like? I love sports. I'm going there in just a second. What else? Actors, singers. History documentaries are good. Yes. History. Yes. Environmental. Anybody like environmental? What about the food ones? No, I'm good on that one, too. I'm good on that one. Ignorance is bliss. Y'all going way too deep. I don't need to know all that stuff. If I want to go get a, you know, a six-piece from Mickey D's, I want to be able to go do that. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was watching uh, one of my favorite documentaries, uh, Last Chance U. Last Chance U. And so it started out with football, um, college students playing college ball at a junior college. And then it went to basketball, and I was watching the, the second season. And, you know, they do a good job because they tell the stories of these kids because they come from different just different life, you know, life experiences. You know, some um, have, you know, parents who were professional athletes and have some high expectations but didn't make the cut or something happened in their lives. They, they may have lost somebody close to them, parents, or they just didn't get the grades they needed to get. And so they're here at a junior college uh, thinking and believing they should play Division One basketball, right? And so this is, that's what's it's called last chance. This is your last chance to go Division 1 and to get a scholarship and maybe pursue professional uh, sports. And so you, you watch you know, documentaries like this and you just want them to succeed, right? You just you want them to win. Now, my wife will tell you, I do not like storybook endings in movies. I'm like, don't, that's not the way it works. Life ain't like that. I need real stuff. But I do like storybook endings in real life stories. But it don't always happen like that because it's real life. Uh, So um, I'm always not satisfied with the ending of whatever I watch because of that. But this team, uh, I don't know if you're watching or not, but spoiler alert, they lose. They lose. They lose in the playoffs. They wanted to win the state championship. They didn't. Um, And this chapter of their journey is over. That's it. Some players will move on to play. Some won't make it. That team as we know it, it's done. That's, that's the end of the season. Uh, and so I'm about to show you a clip of, of the players in the locker room, and, and some are crying and some are cussing, and I'm not going to show you that part. But, uh, and, and some, you know, coaches are comforting, comforting their players, and all of a sudden you hear a voice, the voice of one of the assistant coaches, uh, Coach Ken Hunter. Let's go ahead and play that. Got to get up, man, and bounce back. Some days I don't even want to get up. I'm in so much pain. But I get up. Y'all motivate me to get up, man. And watching y'all motivates me to get up. And ain't one quitter in here. Not one quitter in here. And that's the most important part of life, which is just keep bouncing back, keep bouncing back, keep bouncing back, keep bouncing back. Keep bouncing back. Keep bouncing back, keep bouncing back, keep bouncing back. When I saw that, I said, truer words have never been spoken. And life is all about bouncing back. And um, fitting for a room full of basketball players, right? And I think fitting for a Resurrection Sunday sermon. Keep bouncing back. I think it's even more meaningful when it comes from a man who was paralyzed. So Coach Ken Hunter was paralyzed. He used to play juco basketball. And he was horse playing with a teammate of his. And he had just had a freak accident. Um, he was paralyzed initially from the neck down. And uh, uh, after that, as, as you, you know would expect, he was devastated. Um, and he went back home to Detroit, and uh, where he was from, it was uh, he grew up with folks from uh, BMF, BMF. There's a thing. There's a movie about him right now. Black Mafia Family, big meat in them. And uh, he's at the house. He got these guys, gangsters, at his house, and his coach comes to his house, and um, he says. I don't think this is over for you. I want you to come and coach with me. And Ken is like, how do you want me to coach? I can't move. I can't play. I can't. But you're good with people. You know how to talk to people. And so he did, and he has become one of the best assistant coaches in Juco, one of the best recruiters in all of college basketball. It was his opportunity to bounce back, and he took it. And as you heard, every morning he has decided to bounce back to get up every single morning and go serve these kids. Proverbs 24, 16 says this, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Bouncing back, rising again. Sounds a lot like what Jesus did, right? Resurrection. You know, it's what we celebrate today. We embrace it every single day as disciples of Jesus, that Jesus didn't stay down, that he bounced back, and he gives us the power to do the same. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in verse 3. 1 Corinthians 15 is uh, one of the chapters that that talks most about resurrection. And verse 3, uh, Paul, the apostle Paul, is writing here uh, to the church in Corinth, and he says, I passed on to you what was most important, And what had also been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and Later, by all the apostles, and last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. He says, I passed on to you what was most important. This is is the most important thing, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, but that he raised on the third day. He was raised by God, just as the scriptures said. And the church said, Paul goes on to say, listen, we didn't make this stuff up. He was seen. We saw him. 500 people at the same time saw him. Most of them are alive. So if you want to talk to him, go talk to him. Some have died. Most of them are still alive. We saw him with our eyes. He was seen. This was not a secret. It's not a conspiracy theory. We saw him. Even I saw him. And he had an experience like none other on the road to um, Damascus. So the resurrection is real. Doesn't matter if people want to believe it or not. It's still real when something happens. It doesn't matter if people... Believe it or not, if it happened, it happened. Right. Jesus bounced back. We love one of the songs by Travis Green. He got up so I can get up again. You know, I like the sitting in my sermons. I it's the only time I can But here's the thing as I was thinking about this. The world says that what goes up must come down. But in the kingdom, it's more like what goes down must come up. Like that is a spiritual law in God's kingdom. All right? And so uh, in the gospel of Luke, Jesus goes on what I call a get up campaign. He, he, just, he just goes through, boom, 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 telling people and bringing, getting people up. Right? So Luke chapter 5, he tells a paralyzed man to, to get up, to take the mat that he's been lying on, right, and go home. That's what he tells him. Take up your mat, go home, get up, and he does that and the crowd is amazed. That's Luke chapter 5. Next chapter, Luke chapter 6. Jesus is in the synagogue, their, their, their version of church uh, for the Jewish people, and there's a man in the crowd with a deformed hand, something that I'm sure he tried to hide his entire life, right? And so Jesus says, Come on up to the front, and I want everybody to see this deformed hand. Hold out your hand so everybody can see it. Except when he did it, it was completely restored. So Jesus told him, get up, come to the front, we are going to heal you today. This time the crowd was angry, by the way. Luke chapter 7, the next chapter Jesus walks into a village, and there's a funeral uh, procession that's coming out of the village. And there's a, a young man who had passed away. Widow's only son. Who knows how long it had been since she was going through that same funeral procession, but this time because her husband was in the casket son by her side at that time now her son is the one in the coffin the village is by her side and it says when the Lord saw her his heart overflowed with compassion don't cry he said then he walked over to the coffin and touched it and the bearers stopped young man he said I tell you get up then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. The crowd was filled with awe and praised the Lord. Then in Luke chapter 8, yes, there's one more. There's a 12-year-old daughter of a synagogue leader. Had been, she'd been pronounced dead. She was gone. They actually told him, they said, listen, she's, she's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Because they were still on their way to go see her. And Jesus walks into the room, and he takes her by the hand, and he says to her, my child, get up. In that moment, her spirit returns to her, and at once, it says, at once, immediately, she stands up, leaving her parents astonished. Keep bouncing back. But the story that moved me the most was later on, actually, in Luke chapter 22. I wasn't actually reading it. I was just walking and talking to the Lord um, at this park by my house, and it came to me as a gentle whisper. The Holy Spirit just reminded me of the words that Jesus spoke before his death as he celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples, his his closest friends, and his followers. This was known as the Last Supper. It's in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. And he says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So this was... Jesus' way of saying what Coach Ken Hunter was saying, life is all about bouncing back. He was helping Peter understand that before he needed to know the lesson. I love that about Jesus. He was preparing Peter. But it struck me that Jesus knew that Simon would, Simon Peter, there's both his names, Simon would would turn away from him that Simon was going to sin, that he was going to fall. And how did Jesus prepare for that? By praying for Simon? I don't... That's tough. If you know somebody's going to betray you, that's what we're supposed to do? Love your... Man, before they do it, I'm... I'm trying to get away from that relationship. <laughs> this ain't good for me. This ain't healthy. It struck me. I said, and, I, and it, it just spoke to my heart, because prayer, it's already a love language for me. I mean, for me, it really is. Not, not, Let me tell you, not that you say you will pray for me, but when you tell me you have prayed for me. I don't know if everybody can relate. Because if you tell me you will pray for me, you may. Or you may not. Let's just be real. I've been guilty of it. I have forgotten to pray. I have, said, I have said, I'll pray for you. I've gotten to the point where I'll just pray with them in the moment so I don't forget. Or I'll just say a little prayer in my head, Lord, amen. You know, just a little. I did it. But when you tell me you have been praying for me, now that's something, that's something different. That means you've, you've taken the time out of your day, out of your time with God to think about me. All the stuff you have going on in your life—financial stuff, relationship stuff, work stuff, kids stuff, grandkids stuff—all types of stuff, health stuff—and you take time out of that special moment to pray for me. That's a, that's a love language. That means the world to me. And when I was praying, it's like, man, this brought me to tears because. It's so hard to comprehend that Jesus is praying for me to bounce back. This is is why I say that. It's much easier to understand if he is distancing himself from me, right? Uh, Distancing himself from the fickle friend that can't be loyal when times get tough. I can understand that. That's what I would be tempted to do. You see, see, I can understand. It's much easier to understand if he was planning my punishment. I got to teach him a lesson now. I, I can understand that from, from somebody, from Jesus. It's, he got to learn his lesson. Okay, so I'm going I'm I'm to plan that. I don't know if anybody else can relate. It's much easier for me to understand if he's ashamed of me. Man, I can't believe he's going to do that to me. He said he loved me. He said he wanted to follow me. I could understand if if he was going to let me know how disappointed he is. I can understand that. And let me know that maybe I'm not cut out to follow him. Or to follow him anymore. I can understand that. But pray for me. Pray that even though I am going to fall, that my faith won't fail. Praying that when I bounce back, not if I bounce back, but... When I bounce back, praying that I'll s- serve and strengthen my brothers, the people around me that I love, but I've let down, praying that, that I will know that after I fall, that I still have a purpose, that he still wants to work through me. Yes. Can you imagine? Jesus on his knees praying for us. Father, she doesn't know what she's doing, God. She she loves me. I know she loves me. I I know it, God, but this is going to be too tough for her, Father. Just just be with her, God. She's going to want to give up. I know how she's going to feel. She's going to want to give up, God. But, Father, just, just encourage her, Put some people around her that may encourage her. Father, God, be with him. He's out of his mind right now. He's just not thinking clearly. God, Father, I'm dying for him. I'm about to die for him. So please, God, that my sacrifice would be enough so that he can make it, so that he knows he's not defined by his latest failure. He's going to blow it. But God, please do not let him give up but strengthen him in those moments when he's by himself and he's thinking about his future and let him know that we still believe in him, God. Please, Father. Amen. Amen. At this time, what I want to do is um, I have a little gift for you. I have a little parting gift for you. And so for the host team, I'd love for the host team to go ahead and pass these out. Um, And what they are, a little bouncy ball, a little bouncy ball. I want you to take this bouncy ball and I want you to keep it. And I want you in those low moments when you've fallen to look at this ball and know, I can still bounce back. I can still bounce back. Jesus bounced back so I can bounce back. Just do that. Boom. You see that? You see how that? Just bounce back. That's the power. I was nervous about that. I was nervous. How, how is that going to work? I did it twice. But put it somewhere where you, you'll see it. Maybe in your car, maybe, you know, whatever it may be. Just so you because you're going to fall. We all do. I'm going to fall. I have fallen a lot. Why do you think I can preach this sermon? <laughs> this, this, this ain't theory. All right? This is real life. But I want you to think about that. When you fall, and know that, This is God's love language to us. This is God's love language to us. You see, some of us, we know what it feels like to bounce back, to bounce back better than ever. I mean, we have felt the presence of God with us, like in the darkness of the tomb in really hard times when we fall in. And we have seen his light shine as the tombstone was rolled away. And we have gotten up and stepped into that light to experience freedom and joy that comes with bouncing back. And some of us, we're living that today. We're celebrating that today. We, we've bounced back. That's great. Celebrate. And yet some of us, we, stay, we still may be in our own tomb. Dirt may still be covering our grave, not knowing if there's a way to bounce back from this, this last divorce, this last relapse, this last tragedy. And Jesus is saying, get up, take up your mat and go home. Gather your belongings, take your clothes, your toothbrush, your dignity, and come on home. I've been praying for you. Maybe Jesus is saying, get up and show everybody what you've been hiding. Let me restore you in plain sight so that they too may have hope. I've been praying for you. Maybe Jesus is saying, my child. Get up. Parents, it's not over. Mom, don't cry. Dad, don't cry. He's not lost. She's not gone. She'll bounce back. He'll get up. I've been praying for them and for you. At this time as we prepare for communion, we're going to take the Lord's Supper If you did not get a communion packet, go ahead and raise your hand. Our host team uh, will get that to you. We're going to take the cracker um, after we pray, and we're going to celebrate the body of Christ that was broken. We're going to drink the juice that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sin. And as we pray... We're gonna think about Jesus praying with us, being united with us in prayer. And if you're in a season of experiencing that freedom and joy from bouncing back, amen, thank him, thank him in your own prayer and reflection. If you're in a season when you're, that you're in need of a bounce back, Ask him for help. Ask him for help. And know that we're here for you. We're here to help you take that next step, whatever that may be in your spiritual journey. If you know what that next step is, hey, we're here to support you. If you, if you need to know and you're like, I don't know what that is, I want help, I, we're here to help you figure that out. We'll go to God together and help you figure out whatever that may be. With that being said, let's go ahead and bow our heads. Close our eyes and let's pray to God. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that he didn't stay down, but he bounced back. We thank you that because of his resurrection, we too can bounce back from anything. Father, your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. We can bounce back from anything and we can bounce back as many times as we need to bounce back so that we can finish the race, God. And you're there to help us and support us and empower us and strengthen us. And you believe in us, God, more than we believe in ourselves sometimes. We thank you for that. We thank you for this cracker that represents the body of Christ, that he believes in us so much that he allowed his body to be broken for us. He believes in us so much that he he allowed his blood to be shed on the cross for us. Lord, that's, man. That's amazing, God, thank you. We take this communion together and we celebrate all the times you've lifted up, lifted us up by our right hands and told us to get up and by your power we've been able to do it and we believe and ask you for the next time that we have to get back up. Father, and if we're in a time right now when we've fallen and we don't know if we can get up, God, I pray that you will be with us right now, God. Help us, meet us where we are. In these dark moments on the ground we know you're there father to lift us up we love you father jesus name we pray amen thanks for listening to this week's sermon new sermons are uploaded each monday morning simply search the path church atlanta in itunes spotify or your favorite podcasting service additionally we greatly appreciate your feedback on itunes if you would like to learn more about the path we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.